like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Samara Heather on the line, and she is the Executive Director over at the Center for Employment Opportunities. Uh, Samara, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to get more into uh, the Center for Employment Opportunities and really how you're helping your clients and population. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business? Sure. So, I mean, I won't take you back to the very, very beginning, but let's just say I, you know, went to college, liberal arts college, but really, you know, studied economics. Um, I went to school in New York City, so at that time, when you have an econ degree, you kind of, everyone sort of just went into finance. I never actually took a finance course while I was at college, but somehow thought I would become an investment banker. Um, and, you know, very quickly kind of realized that that might not be what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I actually went the other direction and uh, ended up getting a master's in London in, in human rights, and which is really, really edifying for me and interesting. But, you know, when I came back, I was like, well, I still have, you know, I still have an orientation towards business, economics, math, um, and so I ended up um, getting a job in strategic management consulting, which ended up being great for me, just a real good fit with what I was interested in, a huge learning opportunity for me. I learned a ton, um, and I did that for several years and, and just really gained professional skills, confidence, and sort of what my value add was, um, which was great. But after a while, um, I just started feeling, you know, uh, that, that the business that I was working for, I didn't feel super inspired by that work and, and, and helping, you know, XYZ tech company get bigger. I mean, that just wasn't my calling. So I ended up uh, going to business school and really going to business school with, with the goal of pivoting um, my career from um, sort of for-profit management consulting to the nonprofit space. Uh, and at that time, I didn't really know what that meant. I just figured, you know, I'd, I'd figure it out in business school, which is essentially what happened. Um, you know, while I thought maybe I'll just, you know, be in a finance role at a, at a large nonprofit, I realized that there are actually really cool things happening with a business degree uh, um, towards sort of a better social impact. So I ended up doing an internship at an organization that, that was really focused on social enterprise businesses. And after that, ended up um, getting a job there and really for about five years building a kind of somewhat of an expertise in this idea of social enterprises and social purpose businesses. And sort of that led me on a trajectory to where I'm, where I'm at now. So, Samra, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, younger listeners that are just getting out of college or just starting on their career listening, and I'm just curious, what kind of advice would you give them on breaking into that real niche of social enterprise or nonprofit in terms of starting their career? Yeah, it's a good question, because I think since I came through it differently, I have, I feel like there's many ways. So, one, it's just like there's not just one way to do it and not feeling like if you don't get that initial job right away that, you know, you'll, you'll never break in. So, I think it's a balance of just knowing either what you're good at or what you're passionate about and being pretty persistent then on that front. And so, if it's about, okay, I know I'm good at strategy. Let me build that strategy skill set, having the patience to say, and maybe I'll get to nonprofit you know, after a little while, 
or if it's saying, you know, nope, I'm interested in poverty alleviation, I don't care what I'm doing, but that's what I want to gain my expertise in, sort of sticking the course mm -hmm. that way. And, and you know, I think when you're younger, it's harder necessarily to know all those things, so just mm -hmm. figuring out, like, a little bit of what your guiding principle is and then and, and going for it that way. Because the, the reality is you can enter into the nonprofit space at, at, at different points in your life and in your career, and, and it doesn't all have to happen right away. But there's definitely a path to get there right away if that's what you, what you choose. That's awesome. Um, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get more into what you're doing as executive director over at the Center for Employment Opportunities. Um, first off, what's the what's the vision of the organization? Yeah, so uh, Center for Employment Opportunities, or CEO, as we're more commonly known, our goal is that anyone returning home from incarceration that needs a job is able to get a job and stay employed. And so. You know, that's our vision. Uh, we really focus on those who are at the highest risk of returning to incarceration. And, um, and it's pretty cool what, what we do, because we know kind of when you're coming home, it's a very, very vulnerable time, we actually employ them right away. So that rapid attachment to employment is, is pretty important and critical. So we end up, we actually run uh, a business ourselves providing maintenance services all throughout the country. We employ people immediately uh, to work for us. And then as they're working for us, we're also sort of building their skills to be able to succeed, you know, outside of CEO. And so once we feel like they're, they're ready, once they feel like they're ready, we end up placing them in employment outside of CEO um, so that they can have a kind of permanent attachment to the workforce. Um, and, and that model that we, that we employ has also been proven to reduce recidivism. That's awesome. Um, what do you find some of the challenges are, um, and 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 that and how you're able to build the, and bridge this gap in terms of employment? Because I don't think everybody listening knows. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to take for granted just um, even just having a network of people who have also been employed around you, and and having sort of the social capital and, and social networks that. Uh, can help get you a knock on a door a job interview. A lot of our participants are coming from, you know, very sort of um, resource-constrained environments. Um, some of them have never worked. So I think the biggest challenge is just, like, a lot of those soft skills, like showing up to work on time, you know, if your boss says something that you don't like, not just leaving, but actually having a conversation with them to work it out. A lot of those skills, I think, um, are actually really critical to being successful in many aspects of, of life, but really start at an early age. And, and a lot of our participants, you know, were, were incarcerated at some of those early ages. And so they're, they're, we're really having to peel back a lot of layers of um, injustice that they've experienced and just um, barriers that they've experienced. So I think sometimes the little things are actually harder and, and that behavior change, um, making that behavior change stick uh, takes time and there's setbacks and you kind of have to not get frustrated by the setbacks and, and keep moving forward. Can you talk a little bit more about the uh, the education piece of this? Yeah, so we um, we don't formally educate people. So sometimes people will come to us with no high school diploma. Many of our participants, probably the average um, reading and math levels are our seventh and eighth grade. Um, so we'll get them in, we'll get them working, and what we try to do then is while they're working, get them trained and upskilled in um, things that might be beneficial for them uh, in, in a permanent job. What's hard with sort of the way traditional training works is that you have to sort of do that first and then work, and our participants really need to work while they're getting trained, and so we've kind of thought about an innovative way to get them the training while they're working and, and make that more of a graduated effort. Um, you know, but it's, it's definitely challenging, and, and so we're trying to figure out from our employers, like, 
what trainings are in high demand? Like where do you really see a gap in the skill and then get our participants upskilled in that way? So, I, I mean, I know you've been um, with uh, CEO for for a while now, and I'm sure you get, um, like, amazing feedback. Can you just tell me about maybe a success story or two um, from some of the people you've helped? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one example, um, we ended up uh, working with a participant in uh, Philadelphia who, uh, you know, again, started his involvement in the justice system, like, in his teens. Uh, he came to CEO. He ended up actually getting in a kind of situation and, and had to be um, uh, reincarcerated, unfortunately. And then he came back again to CEO. So we, we have an open door policy. And so he came, that wasn't really the right time for him. He came back. He ended up being super successful. So he you know, got a job. He worked with us. He got a job. He stayed in that job for a year and then got promoted to a manager um, and then ended up hiring a lot of CEO employees. And so wow. he really sticks out as, as somebody who, you know, stuck with it, persevered, our staff worked with him, and then he was able to turn things around and not just that, pay it forward and get other CEO participants employed in the job in which he had kind of um, moved up in. And so I think that that's like our perfect scenario. That would be great yeah. if that happened. And, and, and that um, just really shows the, the ability for people to, to turn their lives around. Oh, that's amazing, and I knew it. I just, you know, I just know when some when people are doing good work and people put their heart into it and they're trying to help. I mean, I just see, I know these things happen every single day at CEO in terms of mm -hmm. um, the people's lives you're changing and how you're um, and how you're helping them. Um, so if somebody wants to, if somebody's listening to this and they want to uh, learn more about CEO or to connect, Samra, what's the best way for them to do it? Sure. So you can go to our website. It's uh, CEO Work. Dot .org um, and there's a, a lot of information there if you're interested in hiring our folks there's links there if you're interested in some of our maintenance services you can connect us there uh, connect with us on the website um, as well as just uh, donating to CEO but there's a lot of different ways that we we get support from the public and, and, and we'd love to have more partners that's awesome. Um, well, Samra, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, and uh, sharing your background and also the great work you're doing over at CEO. So thank you for that. And to the audience, as always, um, thank you for tuning in. I hope you uh, got a lot of value out of this. If you did get a lot of value, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Samra, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.